Hello, it's episode 395 of the Keto Diet Podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here today. We're talking about weight gain issues going beyond being helped by the diet, how bad it has to get until we know something is wrong. We've talked about that a couple of times on the podcast. How to use the medical system and how to not use the medical system. How you manage emotions around medical care choices that didn't really work for you and how to manage all of that when a doctor makes a call that you end up doing and then it results in some bad stuff happening and how you process the emotions around that. Signs it's time to prioritize your health beyond your diet and how to take control of your health with keto the best you can and what that looks like as you are addressing other root causes. And so you'll notice on the podcast lately, I've really been doing a bunch of episodes to gear you up for understanding that keto is great. I love it. Many, many, many of my clients are on it. I'm personally eating that way again. I'm so thankful to be able to handle it again, but it's not for everyone for sure. And if you're eating keto and you're still feeling like total hot garbage and things aren't working, you need to go deeper. And chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you want to do better with keto and something's not working 100%. And so instead of saying, rah, 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 change your macros, rah, 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 try this new exogenous ketone powder to go into a deeper state of ketosis, there's more to it. And so I wanted to start having guests on and talking about things that go have a a base of keto, but go beyond to talk about like how to manage other things going on in your life and how to know when there are issues at play. And so if you like the direction that the show is going, I would love to hear from you and let me know what you think. I really, really value your feedback because you guys are the ones that make the show possible. And if you're not listening to it, then I'm not making it right. So you can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and let me know what you think. Or if you have Instagram, you can find me at Leanne Vogel. That's L-E-A-N-N-E-V-O-G-E-L. And just let me know what, what you're thinking of these new episodes and kind of the direction we're taking things to talk about setting up the base of keto, which chances are if you're here, you've already done. And now what if you're still experiencing issues? So yeah, let me know what you think of it. So our guest today is Bethany Macri, who's a primal certified health coach and NASM certified personal trainer living in Austin, Texas. Before becoming a health coach, Bethany spent over a decade in the tech industry as a software engineer and engineer leader, working as an engineer manager and director of engineering at such companies as Etsy, Casper, and Venmo. As her career expanded, her health declined. Having been a competitive athlete through her youth, Bethany was waylaid in her 20s by fatigue, pain, and rapid weight gain. Bethany spent years struggling with chronic illness, chronic reactivated Epstein-Barr virus, chronic fatigue syndrome, pre-diabetes, lupus, and countless hours in doctor's appointments and alternative treatments. When Bethany took her health into her own hands, she lost 60 pounds and has reversed all of her chronic illnesses, and this includes eating a ketogenic diet. She now is on a mission to work with others to unlock their vitality and help change their relationship to food. You can find more from Bethany by going to bethanymacri.com. That's B-E-T-H- 
A N Y M A C R I dot com. She has an online fasting course and a community that you can join. So, all really good stuff. So, let's cut over today's episode with Bethany Macri. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Hey, Bethany, how are you? Hey, Leanne, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to have you on the show and you've been listening for quite some time and now like here you are and we're going to talk about your story, your life, your struggles, all the things. I'm pretty stoked. I'm very stoked as well. Yes, I've been listening for years and you were really the entry point into what I now look at as my health transformation. So I can't believe I'm here. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you. Wow. So I want to take like a snapshot of where were you when your health transformation started? Like right when you were starting to realize there were issues and where are you now? Just to kind of give people um, an idea of the two spaces. Totally. So in 2014, I was working as a software engineer in Brooklyn and in the course of about nine months, I had gained 50 pounds, five zero. And it was rapid weight gain and my usual technique of calorie restriction for you know a specific amount of time to try to take weight off was no longer working. That's what I had done, you know, in my early 20s. And it and it worked until it didn't. And then it would backfire. And so I would kind of, you know. I would yo-yo essentially. So in 2014, the weight was no longer coming off. And that was the first thing that I noticed. But then over the course of about three years, I developed chronic reactivated Epstein-Barr. I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. I was diagnosed with lupus and I was treated for all of those things. And the medical treatment I received in some cases didn't work. And in other cases with, with other medications did help my symptoms, but created unlivable side effects. So starting in 2019, I started taking things into my own hands. And that's when I really started getting back into keto. I had played a little bit with it in 2014, 2015, but I honestly wasn't doing it correctly. You know, I was, I was learning. And so I was doing the best I knew how, but looking back on it now, I was, I was making some mistakes. And so in 2019, I got back into keto that allowed me to get fat adapted, which allowed me to start to do some fasting and flash forward to today, I'm 60 pounds down and I've reversed my chronic reactivated Epstein-Barr, my lupus. I no longer have chronic fatigue syndrome, no longer have eczema. I had, you know, big patches of eczema, which was one of the, the reasons I think that they diagnosed me with lupus. And I had a ton of joint pain and muscular pain and all of that is gone. So it's, it's really like living in a 
in a different body than I was, you know, five years ago. Wow. Wow. There's so many questions that I have, but I think I'm probably going to start with, yes. Did you ever determine what the root cause was to all of that? Like the lupus and the Epstein-Barr, like what was the thing? Cause it sounds like you were doing all the medical stuff. Then there was a breaking point. You're like, this isn't working. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Did you discover some like key root causes that were causing all the things? You know, I have suspicions and my doctors also had suspicions and the best doctor that I saw in New York was a woman who specialized in chronic fatigue syndrome and she was an MD, but she was also a researcher. And when I went into her office, this was before being treated for lupus. When I went into her office, I was going through my, my medical history, you know, and I was talking to her about my recent experience. And towards the end of the appointment, she said, did you have chronic antibiotic use throughout your life? And I said, yeah, there were two periods of time where I was on, you know, antibiotics for a year plus. And she said, yeah. And then she said, and are you hypermobile in your joints? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I am. And she said, yeah, yeah. And it was like she was reading me. And I said, why are you asking me this? You know, because at the time I didn't think they were related. And she said, for whatever reason, I see a pattern of people who develop chronic fatigue syndrome, specifically from a exposure to a virus. They seem to have these events in their life or certain things about their physiology, like the hypermobile joints that contribute to them being ripe to develop chronic fatigue syndrome. So in terms of root cause, what it seems to me happened is I do have a family history of autoimmune conditions that's kind of speckled throughout both sides. And as a baby, I was born with a double ureter. Now, usually with a, a double ureter, they wait, and this is what they did with me, they wait and see if when the baby starts walking and is vertical, if reflux back up into the kidneys ceases just due to gravity. In my case, that did not happen. So what they do is they wait until the baby starts walking and until that point treat with antibiotics. So that was what I was treated with as a baby is a, a course of antibiotics for over a year. Then I had surgery on the ureter and then I was on more antibiotics. So I think at some point I was exposed as most of us are to Epstein-Barr virus in my life. I I think I know when, but I'd be guessing at this point because I wasn't tested. And that viral exposure is what my doctors thought and what I think set off this kind of chain reaction and, and caused the autoimmune response. Wow, that's incredible. And to kind of like back up to the very beginning when you said that you were not able to lose weight, kind of take us back to that time like what your work life was like, what your stress life was like, like, can you remember when things started to kind of break down and what that kind of felt like, just so people can understand, maybe they'll hear their lives in, in your story. Absolutely. So in 2014 is when I started to gain weight. And by the end of 2015, I was at my highest weight ever. And 
you know, I, I certainly felt it in my clothes and in my body, it became more difficult to move, but I stepped on the scale and I was really genuinely scared. It was the first time that I stepped on the scale and I wasn't just frustrated with myself or feeling insecure about the way my body looked, but I was actually, I was actually scared for my health. And in terms of my work life, my career was progressing during this time. And, you know, I, I think of it almost like it was like an inverse relationship with my career and my health. And it was, I was putting really everything that I had into work at that time, including, you know, social energy and my health was just deteriorating. And I remember specifically, the reason I remember that it was the end of 2015 that I reached my highest weight is because I got back to Brooklyn after visiting family uh, for the new year. And I was actually embarrassed to go to work because of the amount of weight that I had gained since I started at that company a, a couple of years prior. I've found my new favorite snack and it's here to stay. House of Macadamia's seasoned macadamia nuts. They're like chips without the carbs, like seriously. The first time I had a bag of their onion flavored macadamias, I was floored. Macadamias, sea salt, onion powder, garlic powder, parsley, that's it. Simple, delicious, and their chocolate dipped macadamias, no words. Well, actually I do have a few words, low carb, high fat, antioxidant rich. I'm just salivating thinking of them right now, but sadly I had my last bag yesterday, but I have a coupon code that I'll be using for my next order and you can use it too. I'll share it with you in just a second. Why macadamias? Why not other nuts? Well, macadamias are loaded with monounsaturated fat, more than olive oil, 27% less carbs than almonds, 50% less carbs than cashews. Their nutrient profile is keto, like perfectly keto. And House of Macadamias aren't the run-of-the-mill macadamia nut. I used to get mine from Costco, but not anymore. You can tell the quality behind House of Macadamia products, selecting only the best of the best nuts sourced from over 90 independent farms produced in rich soil with clean mountain water and mild temperatures. Okay, for that coupon code, visit houseofmacadamias.com slash KDP and use the coupon code KDP20 for 20% off your first purchase. Once more, that's houseofmacadamias.com slash KDP and use the coupon code KDP20 for 20% off your first purchase. Enjoy! And it sounds like things, would you agree or maybe you disagree? Like how bad did things have to get until you were actually like, oh, wow, maybe there's something else going on other than the weight issue. Like what was that transition for you? Because a lot of people, they're like, maybe I just need to take a break. Maybe I just need to go harder at my diet. Like when did you realize that it went beyond the diet piece? Oh, uh, years later. I, I, I'm not, yeah, yeah, I know it's, I'm not embarrassed to say that, but looking back on it now, I'm like, why, why did it take years? So it took me getting really sick. So in the winter of 2017, 
I got to be the sickest that I ever was in my life. And I still was carrying around a bunch of extra weight. I had lost maybe 10 pounds of, of the 50 that I had gained, but I was still much heavier than I had been previously. And I was sitting in work at work in a meeting and it was a late meeting and it was, you know, New York. So it was about 6 PM. I was still drinking coffee, which I used to drink well past sundown. And I was in a team meeting and I felt this wave come over my body. Like I never had before. And it felt like my body was starting to shut down. And I actually had the thought, I don't know how I'm going to get home because I'm so tired. And so I took a car home and I got into my primary care practitioner and I said, you know, I know this sounds wild because I'm, I'm 32, but is it possible I have mono because my lymph nodes were huge, just huge. The, the shape of my face was actually altered by how large my lymph nodes were. And he looked at me and he said, you know, usually when I see adults with mono, they're a lot sicker than you. And that was really tough to hear because I was there in sweatpants because they were like one of the few things that still fit me. My hair was back in a greasy ponytail. The doctor's office was only about five blocks from my apartment. I had taken a car there and I just thought like, how much sicker do I need to get? I, I don't, I don't get this. And so he ran a mono spot test on me. Months later, when I went back, a nurse practitioner ran a full Epstein-Barr panel. And that's when it was discovered that my titers were off the charts. But it was even years after that, after, you know, dozens of doctor's appointments that I really realized, like, the cavalry is not coming. And I, I, the only one who can help myself here. That is such, oh, that moment. I always hope that it doesn't get that bad that you realize like the Calvary's not coming. Like I need to figure this out because that's a low place. And I've been there personally. And it's like so helpless because you, you trust that the people that you're going to, that they care for you and that they are going to apply their education to help you. And when you realize all that time, energy, money, sacrifices, everything has gotten you nowhere. Yeah, it was really rough. And I, it's funny that you said that moment because I can remember where I was when I had that realization. So it really stuck with me. And, you know, I am not one of those kind of like anti-doctor, you know, chronically ill patients or anti-doctor health coaches. I think we all need to work together. But I think just our medical system, at least in the U.S., the balkanization of it and the fact that I was seeing all of these different specialists for my skin, my joints, my hormonal issues, my rheumatoid, my autoimmune issues, going to a rheumatologist. I mean, it really, it puts the burden on the patient to piece it all together. And that's really tough for a sick person to do. Oh, completely, completely. Especially I work with a lot of mold illness clients now. And I mean, sometimes they have to have a buddy speak for them because they can't even process information. And so at that point, it's like, how are you supposed to take it like charge of your health when you literally can't remember where you live? 
your brain fog is so bad. You can't remember how to drive home. So I agree with you. It's, it's always a grass is always greener because I'm from Canada and though it is quote unquote free healthcare, it's a joke because you're waiting for a specialist. And at least in the U S if you don't like your endocrinologist, you can fire them and get another one in Canada. There's no, none of that. And you have to wait for ever to get somebody. And if they don't align with your views or anything, you're kind of stuck with them and the government decides what kind of treatments you get. So it's, oh, it, there's no perfect system, but I agree with you that that moment that I realized that nobody was coming. And also the moment I realized the difference between allopathic care and functional care was a huge weight off my shoulders. The fact that when we, you know, over time I've learned to use allopathic care, like the standard medical care to my benefit. You know, if I need a medication, I know where to go a hundred percent. I can find a doctor that will give me some sort of drug, but just like that functional wellness piece, doctors aren't trained in functional wellness. They're it's like, it's like going to the grocery store looking for tires. Like it just, they don't, they don't do that. Right. And so that realization, which I'm sure you've seen over once you took control of things, you're starting to see, okay, just like you said, like the, the standard medical doctors have their place and they're great at what they do and nurses and all that. It's incredible. And I'm so thankful for them, but we're going, we're going to the wrong specialist for the wrong thing. And something you touched on too, was like having to manage all these different specialists who don't see that the body is one unit, like your elbow bone is connected to your shoulder bone and your shoulder, you know, like that song, like everything is connected. And when you go to all those different specialists, it's impossible to get answers because everyone's just looking and working in their silos and not working together as a team. And that's why I really, really love like Chinese medicine because they look at the body fully and nine times out of 10, I'll usually respond better to that than anything. There was one piece of your story that you mentioned the spot test when you spoke with that doctor and they did a spot test. Was that negative? It was. Yeah, it was. I didn't mention that. So he had just told me, you know, well, you essentially, he had just told me like, you're, you're not really sick, you know, go home, drink some water and, you know, pat me on the head and, and off I went. And according to the spot test, he was, he was right. So just in case folks don't know, I, I think maybe your audience will, but the, the spot test is the, very similar to like the strep rapid test that they can run. And in a matter of minutes in the office, it'll show positive or negative. So he did that for mono, but it is not the full Epstein bar panel, which showed that I had had a recent active infection. Now it showed that a couple of months later. So my best guess is when I went into him and had huge lymph nodes and was feeling sicker than I had ever been, that that is when I had the active infection. So now kind of fast forwarding to now, how do you manage potential anger, frustration, sadness, depression, just full on rage over the experience that you had? Like, have you had to process that? And, and what has that been like for you? That's a really great question. And it, yes, I've had to process it because what I said to you about what he said, 
that's verbatim. Like I remembered those words exactly. I remember his body language in his office. I remember where we were in his office. It was a, it was a big deal. And I felt very demoralized in the, in the moment. I felt stupid for being there. I felt embarrassed and I felt hopeless because I'm like, I can't even like, how, how do I have to show up to convince this person to help me, you know, and I, and I don't know what I need. So there it's been years of processing. And you know, what actually helped me realize that, you know, in spite of what he said, he might have been just being overly kind of clinical is as a software engineer, I was actually a manager at my last, uh, before I became a health coach full-time. I was working at Venmo and we have an on-call rotation, the the engineering leaders do. And if something happens on the the platform, the leaders are paged out to, we're called to respond to the incident. And it's the job of the leader to, you know, communicate upwards to the CTO potentially, or communicate downwards to the engineers who can resolve the issue. And once I was paged for an issue, that really wasn't an issue. And I said, based on, I said to the people who paged me, based on what I'm seeing, I know you're concerned about this becoming something, but it's not an issue right now. And in my case, unlike the doctor, I was, I turned out to be right in the moment, but saying that to them made me realize that it might have just been, you know, if I assume best, you know, best intentions with him, and I think many doctors do this, they're, they're pattern matching, which is what I was doing when I was responding to the on-call event. And he was saying like, for whatever reason, you're not fitting the pattern of what I usually see. But as a patient, what I learned is, especially like you were saying in the United States, as a patient, if you have healthcare and you don't like what one doctor is saying or how they're treating you, keep going, like fail forward and just find a new practitioner. And don't think that because your labs or the tests are normal and you're not feeling normal that, that you're, you know, silly or crazy or anything like that. I remember when my husband and I bought our first RV, I was really pumped about having a little cubby in the RV dedicated to snacks. I really love snacks and throughout my ketogenic life, I know what they say. You don't even need to snack. You're so free, free from food, but I, I like snacking. I really enjoy snacks. And up until a couple of years ago, my snacks really were comprised of bars, like protein bars and nut butter packets. But when Paleo Valley came out with their meat sticks, game changer. I love, 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 love Paleo Valley meat sticks for so many different reasons, including the fact that they travel well. They're packed with probiotics. They're fermented beef sticks. They're not those chewy jerky like sticks and meat bars that are just gross. Oh, I don't enjoy those very much. They're soft and good and the flavors are on point. Mm, I'm honestly just salivating thinking about it. You can go to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETO, all in caps, to receive 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com 
all uppercase keto is the coupon code to receive 15% off your order. Definitely load up on those sticks. They're some of my favorite snacks. Well, one of my favorite snacks. I have two in my purse all the time. I've shared them with friends and family, gotten everyone in love with these things. They're so tasty. Your kids are going to love them. Your husband's going to love them. You're going to love them. They're really, really good. And they have some really great subscription products up there to save a good amount of money on these sticks. So again, that's paleovalley.com coupon code keto. Enjoy. Completely wise words, 100%. And yes, I couldn't agree with you more. And finding somebody that listens attentively, like sets aside those systems. Like what you just said is like, you weren't fitting into those boxes that the doctor had in their mind about things. Like somebody who says, okay, I'm setting aside the boxes. Just tell me more about what's going on. You know, that's what I found to be helpful in my personal journey and, and what I take into my practice as I'm sure you do like set aside the boxes, just talk to me. And oftentimes, and I'm sure you've experienced this now doing the work that you do is like, Oh, the weight that's lifted off when somebody just hears you. Like I've had clients full on just cry when I go through their blood work because they're just so happy that somebody's finally seeing what they've been saying. Do you experience that too? I get that from clients very frequently. Well, like they'll often have a tearful moment because I've reflected back to them something that they've just said, like the exact same words they've just said, I reflect back to them and they just start crying because they feel heard for the first time, or they realize something in their eating behavior. It's like a light bulb happens and they, the, the feeling of relief is what makes them tearful. So that is, that's just an awesome moment for both of us. Cause that's kind of like a breakthrough moment, but yeah, listening is, is super important. And I will say with no bias, uh, but just my experience, the, for whatever reason, the female practitioners I've had have been more willing to kind of dig in with me and spend that time than the male ones when it comes to these chronic issues. Now I've had fantastic experiences with like ortho male orthopedic surgeons and various physical therapists, et cetera. But when it comes to these chronic issues, it, in my personal experience, uh, the women who I've seen have, have really been helpful in that way. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And you said something previously, like about how long it took you to realize that there was a problem. And you said years and I was like, wow. And that doesn't surprise me at all because of the experience you had with the spot test, because the experience we all have when we say, Hey, I think something's wrong. No, 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 it's not just come back when you've lost weight. Or have you thought about losing weight? Have you thought about, you know, whatever, drinking more water? It doesn't surprise me because it's just the culture that we live in that we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and we go until our bodies absolutely break and we shouldn't wait until it's that long. I love more than anything when like a 24 year old reaches out to me and they say like, I'm just having issues with my cycle. That's all. I just, it's kind of weird. So can you help me? And I'm like, yes, yes, I can help you. It will take us three months. We'll figure it out. It'll be great. You'll be set as opposed to, and I also love working with these ladies who are like in their forties and they're like, yeah. So I started having issues in my twenties, but I kind of like ignored them until my kids moved out. So now can you help me? (laughs) You know, like 
it's more work. It's 20 years worth of stuff that we have to unpack and process and go through and organize and address. And it's such a common thing for us to just keep pushing. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I grew up as an athlete. I was serious hockey player and, a, you know, a college athlete. And, and also in the corporate world, I think there's some of that implicit pressure or maybe self-imposed pressure even to kind of like stiff upper lip it. <laughs> um, I know that's kind of an antiquated saying, but, you know, to just keep, you know, be tough, steal yourself, push through. And when you're feeling that in combination with a practitioner in a white coat who you think, you know, has all the answers telling you, well, there's nothing wrong, that the combination of that just, in my case, led to me ignoring what I was feeling. And I think I might have even heard this on your podcast years ago, Liam. Someone created the analogy of lab work is like you going into a shoe store and if you have a size 10 shoe and they give you a size nine, if you rock around in that size nine, you're going to be uncomfortable, but they'll tell you, well, this is an average size. So it must fit you. And you're like, but it doesn't feel right. I'm a size 10. That's kind of how lab work can be when it comes back normal and you say, but yeah, I really just don't feel well still. That's so great. I love that. I don't, it could have been on my podcast. I mean, we're sitting at like so many episodes. I think this is like episode 395. It very well could have been, <laughs> but I love that. I love that. It's so true. And those normals are based on sick people. Like if we wait until your, your blood gets out of normal, we have a diagnostic issue. So how about we catch it before it gets all crazy? And that's just not, like I said, it's like buying tires at a grocery store. You're just going to the wrong person for the wrong thing. It's like going to a dentist and saying, can you give me a, I don't know, a haircut? Like it did. That's not what they do. And maybe if they do, you probably shouldn't get your haircut there, girl. But you know, that's so frustrating. When did diet start playing? So let's just back up. You realize that the Calvary is not coming. You got to fix the things and learn. What did you do first? Like, what did you even do? Yeah. So the first thing I did was I did keto the best I knew how. So I started packing lunches because I started reading about, I was still, this was pre pandemic. And so I was still going into an office and up until then I had been getting lunch out every day. So I was reading about industrial seed oils and how highly inflammatory they were for the body. And so I started packing lunch. And so I would, one thing that I made very frequently because it was easy is just curry chicken salad. And I would bring it in my little tiffin and, you know, my coworkers would tease me because I was packing lunch now, but you know, slowly packing lunch, then I kind of stopped snacking and then I started moving into fasting and, you know, it wasn't even a year later after that, that I was down about 40 pounds and felt like I could it just, like I said, prior to this, it really felt like a different body. I was moving more easily again. I didn't feel I had gotten so big in my body that it was difficult to move. Plus there was joint pain all of my joint pain was gone. I also 
and this is a big thing um, for me. And I think a lot of people out there and especially women in their thirties and forties, I really cut back on my alcohol intake. This kind of like culture around relaxing with girlfriends and wine and just the association of, you know, relaxing and drinking and that being kind of a default social or default end of the day activity, I think can really be detrimental to health. And it it was in my case. So I really, I, I don't drink much anymore at all. And that has really helped me as well. That is like the number one thing that I recommend everyone do. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. Like alcohol, like get rid of it, get rid of it. I know. And it's so challenging. And a lot of people say like, there's no way it's a social thing. I have to do it. And I, I went through that too. You know, it's been since 2017, I have not had one drop of alcohol and probably won't ever. It's a neurotoxin. (laughs) So there's that piece it's really challenging to get out of that habit. And a lot of women using alcohol to sleep, which is, I didn't know how common it was, but many, many, many women. And so it's a baby step process situation, but I couldn't agree with you more. And I also really love that you said you did the keto the best that you could. You're not the first person who's been chronically sick to say, I just did the best that I could. And I feel like It's unfortunate that we wait until we're chronically not okay to just say, you know what, I'm going to do the best that I can. And I just, I really want to focus on that for a moment because there are women listening who, uh, thanks be to God, don't have chronic issues going on. They just want to eat better and all the things. And that's great. But still having that mentality of doing the best you can, you'd be amazed at how much easier it is when you do the best you can. (laughs) Right. Yes, absolutely. And this is, I see a lot of uh, kind of nutritional wars happening online that prior to being a health coach, I was not on social media much at all. So I was somewhat shocked to find that, you know, there were these nutritional wars and there we've become very extreme. We as in society. We've become very polarized, very extreme. There are carnivore people absolutely berating vegan people and vice versa, and not just for what they're eating, but going after them personally. And it's, you know, it's just like, let's do the best we can with what we have. If it's, you know, it's not the case, especially right now that everyone can afford to eat grass fed meat at every meal. So what's the you know, scale back from that. What's the best you can do? It might be that you can only afford a, a non-pastured animal, but then maybe ha- don't have the fat from that animal, you know, don't eat the skin or the fat. Cause that's where the toxins are stored. So just finding these ways to, to navigate and always thinking like, what's the best in the moment and taking it, you know, trying to optimize, but not in a furious or aggressive way, but just like, what's the, what's the best I can do at this meal? Like I'm at, I'm at a seven 11, I'm on a road trip. Okay. I'll get some raw almonds, you know, and, and try to be on my way.
I really hope you're enjoying today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Completely, completely. And I want to end with kind of talking about how this experience has transformed your ability to speak with people. I mean, we talked about this previously of your clients and things, but how has this transformed you into a coach and what does that look like for you and your business and what you're doing now for work? Yeah. So what I, I mean, being a health coach is a, it's very different than being a software engineer and this is going to sound weird, maybe cliched, but I'm really, am grateful for getting as sick as I did because it, taught me how to care for myself. And in learning how to care for myself, I learned how to care about and for other people to, to care about and for my dog. I really learned how to tend to things properly. And it was a huge, you know, growth and maturing process for me. So that's one thing personally, in terms of my business, this stuff is my whole heart now. And so, whereas software engineering was really a cognitive and, you know, a mental mission for me, and it was exciting to solve problems. Now, just being able to connect with clients, especially one-on-one for me and see how their relationship with food changes. And when that changes the, how it unlocks other areas of their life, whether it's things that they were putting off or, you know, certain relationships that start to change in their life. That's just my favorite thing. So yeah, in terms of like who I can help now, who I'm best able to help now are people who have struggled with weight loss resistance or people who have struggled with chronic illnesses because I have firsthand you know, experience with that in addition to the the certifications that I have. So it's honestly, it was the worst of times when it was happening, but being on the other side of it now, I'm grateful it, it went down like it did. Wow. That's incredible, Bethany. Thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing your story with us. I really love when women come on and just share vulnerably. And I'm sure that there is somebody listening right now that is so thankful that you gave us a glimpse into that struggle and just how that was for you. So where can people find more from you on Instagram, your website, share it with us. Yeah. So my website is bethanymacri.com and I'm on Instagram as Bethany Macri coach. And I am going to start a YouTube channel soon. So I will post that on my various social media platforms as well. Oh, that's fun. YouTube is a good time. You'll have a really great time with that for sure. Yeah, I'll definitely include in the show notes, all the links that you just shared. And if you guys can't find the show notes here on the application that you're using, then you can go to ketodietpodcast.com and just look for episode 395 to get all of the details from Bethany. Yes. Thank you for coming on the show today. This was a blast. Thank you. Like I said before, you were really the entry point into all of this for me. So I can't believe I'm here. It's, it was great to, to be on. So thank you.
I hope you enjoyed our episode here with Bethany. Again, you can check out her website by going to Bethany Macri. That's B-E-T-H-A-N-Y-M-A-C-R-I.com. Okay, I'll see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.